0: good evening this is steve from across the tracks podcast welcome back welcome back
1: yep and i'm wayne and i too am uh from the across the tracks podcast and it's a pleasure to be back here uh man i tell you man i feel 44 pounds lighter
0: <laughs> <laughs> or forty five pounds lighter. Forty five, that's right. I feel forty five pounds lighter, man. Yeah. You know, Did you get that thing. one too? Huh? Did you get that one too? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's gonna be cold out. To put your heavy coats on because it's gonna be minus forty five.
1: <laughs> that's right. That's right. Oh man, good to be here. Um, good night tonight. A lot of good stuff to chat about. Good discussion tonight, and, uh, you know, it's always a pleasure, man. Always a pleasure.
0: Yes, yes, yes. God's given us another day to be on this earth, and we're going to say it like we see it. And we're going to move on and uh, get some things accomplished. You know, two small-town guys from Elizabethtown, Kentucky, and we're going to have some topics for discussion tonight that's going to vary. We're going to talk about some sports, some entertainment, And we're going to talk about uh, the free speech, First Amendment and all that that goes along with it. So that's where we are. And I tell you what, I'm going to kick it off and we're going to kick it off with um, the loss of an entertainment uh, legend. And that is uh, Memorial dealing with uh, Mr. Larry King. Uh, Larry King passed away and he's going to be known as the ultimate interviewer. Yep. I, I like Larry King because he was pretty much down to earth. He was able to allow the uh, his guests to talk more than he did. Uh, he was a good listener and he was able to Get a lot of people, people that you didn't think that were uh, recluse. You know, he was able to get Marlon Brando to speak, you know, after Marlon Brando had kind of dropped off the face of the earth and didn't do interviews. He interviewed everybody from the Dalai Lama to Marlon Brando to Barack Obama, Oprah Winfrey. You name him, he interviewed him. And he was the guy that made people feel very comfortable. And he was able to... Uh, get people to open up and uh, able to uh, get them to to spill their guts and just to be comfortable around him and let people like you and I and our listening audience to get some idea of what his his guests were like in for real. What what are your thoughts on Larry King?
1: Yeah, um, legend, you know, legendary broadcaster. Uh, again, I, I like Larry King, um, you know, the way he went about his business and what the show wasn't about him, per se, even though it's his show. It was never about him. Uh, he allowed people, to, his guests, they were allowed to be themselves, you know, express themselves. He he asked good questions and I think he got good answers in return. And it was a lot of good, you know, dialogue back and forth between his guests. And like you said, he interviewed Everybody. I mean, you think of presidents, entertainers, musicians. I mean, I think people said it was a badge of honor to be interviewed by Larry King. And I, I totally agree with that because he's he's one of those figures, man. When you think of broadcasters, you know, there's some names that come to mind. You know, the 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 uh, Huntleys, the Brinkleys, the um, Walter Cronkites, and those type of people. Larry Larry King is up there in that element of broadcasters, in my opinion. Yes. And um, I, I started, uh, you know, watching him when he was on CNN. I didn't listen to his show when he left CNN and went to uh, went to the internet and was doing his broadcast from the internet. I didn't pick up the show then, but I. I tuned in when he was on CNN, and it was always a good show, always a good show. So he is one of those pioneers, man, that, uh, you know, you you have to give props to uh, for the way he handled his business, and the love and the respect has been pouring in um, since news of his passing came about. So um, great man, great
0: broadcaster. Yes, 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 yeah, going to be missed, going to be missed. Absolutely. The, the next Absolutely. two... The next two individuals that we want to talk about are two baseball uh, Hall of Famers. The first one is a player from the Los Angeles Dodgers. You know, a couple of weeks ago we talked about the loss of Tommy Lasorda, and this person, uh, this athlete, was a pitcher by the name of Don Sutton. Don Sutton was the top pitcher for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, he played from 1968 um, until, I'll take that back. He he played from the 1960s, late 1960s, uh, until his death. I mean, until the 1980s, I believe. I'm I, not for sure on that. But he was a Hall of Fame pitcher uh, for the L.A. Dodgers. Uh, I think he was one of those guys that, Uh, was close. I'm not sure if he won a world series or not, but he was the, uh, he was, when you think of the Los Angeles Dodgers, you think of two people to me, you think of uh, Sandy Koufax and you think of Don Sutton. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: And uh, he's, he's that guy that was there. He died just a few days ago at age 75. Yeah. yeah. Uh, So he was good old, good old boy from Alabama and uh died on the 18th of uh of this this month.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, another one of those uh as we were talking during the week when we were putting the show together, um you know, one of these um one of our childhood uh you know, athletes, man that we sort of grew up with, you know, watching mm-hmm. play and everything. And uh you mentioned the Dodgers, he was in that rotation, that pitching rotation that included himself, Sandy Koufax. Don Drysdale. Wow. Major yeah. names. Yes. And Claude Osteen was in that uh, in that pitching rotation. Right. Uh, but one of I think um, there's not many. I think there's I can't remember the exact number, but um, Don Sutton had over 300 wins and yes. over 3000 KOs. So uh, Hall of Famer legend, Dodger legend. Uh, again, man, Tommy Lasorda. We talked about. I think it was last week, and here we go. Another Dodger legend has has passed on. So, yeah. uh, rest in peace, uh, yeah. Mr. Don Sutton. Great, great man, great athlete uh, for those Dodger teams that uh, we we watched when we were kids, man.
0: Yes, yeah, yeah. That you, you mentioned some. You mentioned a few guys there. That was, you know, Kofax and <clears throat> Sutton. And those guys, the Dodgers, like you said, he had 300, he had over 300 wins. Yep. I think like Three, 320 300, some wins. Yeah,
1: 324
0: wins. Right. And 3,500 strikeouts, you know, yep. uh, that, yep. that's, that's, that's something else in, in, his, in his 15 to 20 year, 15 year career. Yep. So, yeah, he's, yeah. <clears throat> wow, it's, it's amazing, man. Each day that goes by, we're losing more of them. Yeah, And um, the next gentleman is the ultimate of all gentlemen. This man had the audacity to play Major League Baseball at the time that when uh, black players weren't supposed to play Major League Baseball. And so our our final uh, memorial goes to uh, Mr. Hank Aaron. Uh, he is the, to me, Mr. Baseball. Uh, he, he died, uh, at age 86. He came up in baseball, uh, when he was 18. As a matter of fact, his first professional contract was with the Indianapolis Clowns. Yep. <laughs> so he, he spent a year here in Indy, I think in 1952, 1952, And then then he got picked up by the Milwaukee Braves and uh, played there with them. And then when they moved to Atlanta, he was able to uh, go to Atlanta and um, was able to literally take out or surpass the once unbelievable, unachieved, breaking seven hundred. In fourteen home runs, that was um, held by Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth from the 1930s, I think it was before he retired. And so here's a man who averaged—he hit over 30 home runs a year for his entire career. Consistent. Yep. You know, that's that's like somebody that would be the the Equivalency of somebody having a triple double in professional basketball for a career. Yep. You know, that's where he was. Um, Very humble. Uh, He didn't, he wasn't a braggadocious guy. He did his job, he did what he was supposed to do, and he could hit the ball. Uh, As a matter of fact, uh, when he was about ready to break the uh, Babe Ruth's record. There's this buildup going on. You know, he's he's getting close. He's getting closer. You know, next year, Henry Aaron may break Babe Ruth's record. And the closer that he got to it, the more hate mail that he got. Yep. Uh, there, were, there were people that were saying that we don't want this black man to, bake, to break Babe Ruth's record. And so he never let it get to him. He, his his, his uh, family knew about it. He was very careful to where he went, and so on, so that he he wouldn't have people to have an excuse to uh, you know take him out. Uh, when he hit seven hundred and fifteen, it's it's I've got two weird stories stories that go along with that. I was coming back. Myself and Curtis Wright were coming back from baseball practice. And we knew that the Dodgers were playing that night. And this was April, April 8th. Yeah, April 8th. And so we had just got finished with baseball practice or we had just finished the game. And I had walked over to I was walking over to Curtis's house in order to, you know, just kind of hang out. And so. When we walked through the door, the the TV was on in their front room because, you know, Mr. Haskell always watched baseball. The family was baseball crazy. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And we walked through the door. The door closed, and Al Downing was pitching. And I kid you not, the next pitch, it was gone. And we we watched it. We thought we were going to miss it. And we walked through the door. As soon as we walked through the door, that pitch was, was thrown and Hank Aaron hit 715. And we were there to witness it. And we know that, you know, everybody was, was, was cheering. Two crazy guys came out on the field and, (laughs) and Hank Aaron said, he didn't know if the guy was going to stab him, shank him or kill him or shoot him. He didn't know at all. And, And they, I remember seeing an interview with his mom like on 60 Minutes and she goes, I want to give him a hug so that they would shoot me and not him. (laughs) You know, so and and then, of course, he ends up uh, hitting uh, 752 for his for his career. And then, of course, that was broken a little bit later. So that was that was one story. And the next story I have which is really odd, Uh, Lynn and I were having our house renovated. We were getting in a we're putting in a new couple new bathrooms. We're updating. We're putting in a new kitchen, new floors, new, you know, patio door and all that. The person that was doing our um, contracting was the dad to a former student of mine. And this former student of mine had now gone to college and she was teaching in one of the schools in our district. Well, the dad told me this story that he was over at uh, one of the local parks on the south side called Garfield Park. And he was sitting there watching some baseball and he leaned back. You know how you sit on your butt and you put your hands behind you. He leaned back and he felt something like it was a rock. He looked at it and it was some gold shiny. So he dug it up and he literally dug up Hank Aaron's ring. Wow. And he didn't, he looked at it and what had happened about a month earlier, Hank Aaron had his ring stolen from a hotel in Chicago and it ends up in Indianapolis on the South side yeah, it was a month or so. And he finds this ring. He contacts the police. He contacts Hank Aaron and he's going to give the ring back to Hank Aaron. Wow. He said he didn't want to He did not want a reward or anything like that. All he wanted to do was to have Hank Aaron sign a baseball for him and he would give him his ring back. So he Hank Aaron flies into Indianapolis and the cops taking, you know, through all this top security, taking to Hank Aaron, gives him his ring. Hank Aaron signs a a baseball, and wow. off he's gone. Wow! And he he showed me pictures of the ring. Wow! That's that's, cool. that's talk about a small world. It is. Yeah, wow. small world. Wow. But anyway, what are your thoughts on Hammer
1: Hammer and Hank? Wow! Oh. oh baseball royalty. You know, baseball royalty, man. Um I mean, to check out some of these numbers if 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 you will. Like you mentioned, man, 755 career homers, 2297 RBIs, total bases 6856, total hits 3771. He's third behind Ty Cobb and Pete Rose. 24 all-star appearances, National League MVP, two World Series appearances, and he won the World Series in, World Series in 57. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a chance to see him, you know, the game of the week, that type of thing. Being in Kentucky, the Braves were, you know, Ted Turner yeah. at the time had started the Super Station. So mm-hmm. we, we got a lot of the Atlanta Hawk games. We got a lot of the Atlanta Brave games. So we we saw Hank Aaron, you know, once he came to the Atlanta Braves, we, we saw him play on TV oh, all yeah. the time, you know. Yep. Yep. But as you say, man, a class act, humble uh, class act. Uh, I'm going to say it here, and I I'd have no qualms about saying this. In my opinion, he is still the all-time home run leader, period. Yeah. I yeah. don't care what people say about Barry Bonds breaking his record. To me, that record is not, its it ain't real. Hank Aaron hit those 755 home runs, pure talent, no drugs, no nothing, pure athletic talent. And so for me, he will always be the home run leader, period. I mean, I'm not backing away from that. Yeah. But uh, a really classy gentleman. Uh, again, baseball royalty, man. I, hes He is the epitome. Uh, and there were a lot of great players, man, that he played against. And like you say, man, he wasn't a flashy type guy. He came up during the time uh, Willie Mays was 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 the guy at the time. Oh yeah, my you favorite. Know, you know, Willie Mays was was the guy, and Hank Aaron played during that same era. And if anybody, people thought that if anybody was going to break Babe Ruth's record, it was going to be Willie Mays. Right. <laughs> and then Aaron started hitting all these home runs. Like, well, we need to focus our attention over here. And you mentioned the night he hit that uh, 714th home run, or tied, and broke the record 715. The night he hit that home run, uh, his bodyguard was sitting in the stands. And the two guys that came out on the field to run around the bases with him, the bodyguard's like, okay, I got my hand on my gun here. I don't know what these guys are going to do. I mean, are they going to try to hurt him or what? Because of all the threats he was getting from white America— um, that he was going to break Babe Ruth's record. So he's like, I got to be ready in, in the event these guys try something. But they were congratulating Aaron and ran with him all the way to, you know, around the bases to home plate. So, yeah, um, yeah. man, uh, hell of a player. Um, his number 44 is retired not only by the Atlanta Braves, it's also retired by the Milwaukee Brewers. So right. he's in the Braves Hall of Fame. And the Hank Aaron Award is awarded to the best offensive player in the American and National League each year. And man, that is that is an honor. If you win the Hank Aaron Award, um, you are a hell of a ball player because uh, Hank Aaron was a hell of a ball player. So he will be missed and, uh, you know, great player on the field. But he did a lot of great work off the field once his playing career is over. So uh, rest in peace, rest in power. Hammer and Hank.
0: Hammer and Hank, you know, there's one, one stat that they don't never, they rarely talk about. And that is that he was on base more than anybody in the history of baseball. Yep. Yep. So he always hit the ball. He was on base more than anybody in the history of baseball. Not even close. Nope. Okay. Not even close. close. Not even close. So he got hits. I mean, he got doubles. He got triples. He hit homers. you know and as he as his years started to wind down and he started getting a little bit slower his his trots around the base wasn't for showing show dogging it was because i'm getting old right (laughs) there's there's a lot of road on these bones you know that's right that's right so uh he he reminds me a lot of my uncle i have an uncle i had an uncle by the name of uncle lloyd Okay. He reminds me of my uncle Lloyd. I mean, I every time I see Hank Aaron, I see my uncle Lloyd. Wow. wow. And um, yeah, he he's that guy, you know, yep, uh, yep. number forty four. Yeah. Uh, great ambassador, great yep. civil rights person. Um, he was able to uh, stick his uh, his goodwill and use his his personal platform for the good. Of Atlanta and from uh, Mobile, Alabama, from where he where he grew up, okay. And uh, he grew up on the road. I mean, he left at an early age and got into baseball and spent the most rest of his life uh, uh, in baseball, for sure. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah I want to. Uh, you know, we're talking about since we've been talking about baseball here for the last couple of stories. I want to segue to something. And I mentioned that uh, Hank Aaron had 3,771 hits for his career, that 3,000-hit club. Um, He is third behind Pete Rose, Ty Cobb, Hank Aaron. Yep. And so I think MLB, they need to get off their duff. And it's time for them to put Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame. We've talked about this before.
0: Yes, we have. If
1: the Hall of Fame is about what you do on the diamond, on the court, whatever. Pete Rose needs to be in the Hall of Fame. Baseball needs to just stop it, and and give this guy what he had earned out there on that diamond. I don't, you know, you talking about somebody playing hard and giving it their all. Pete Rose did that, and we watched him up close because Cincinnati was right up the road, and we mm-hmm. we saw him up close in personal play uh, during his heyday. So uh, just want to segue in there. Um, you know, P- give the man his respect, man, and induct him into the Hall of Fame. It's ridiculous that this is still going on, and this guy has not been given the honor that I think he truly deserves. So that's all I'll say.
0: <laughs> hey, you see it? You're gonna say it, and I agree with you, brother.
1: That's it, man. It, it, it's it's just ridiculous, man. And uh, you know, when you look at the stats, man, it's like wow, uh, three thousand hit club is a, is a special club in baseball, right? You know, and it's it's sort of like you know the the most points Kareem is the leading scorer in the NBA, and the people that follow him, you know, now that are chasing that record. And, uh, you know, Pete Rose was a hell of a ball player and he he bleeds baseball. That's the thing. He bleeds baseball. He loves the game. Did he make a mistake? Yeah, people, it wasn't necessarily definitive whether he did bet on his own team or he just bet on whatever, you know, but the fact is this guy left it all on the field each time he played. So, you know, recognize that the baseball writers, the sports writers give the man what he's earned. Right. You know, quit quit with all this BS, man. Give the guy what he's on because I know it's killing Pete Rowe. It's killing him that, uh, you know, he is not in the Hall of Fame. Right. And uh, they, somebody needs to intervene. And, and like, look, guys, enough's enough. Enough's enough.
0: Yeah. I mean, how long ago was that? Just just think about. Yeah. I mean, the things that professional athletes are doing now. Right. Right. You, I you mean, think how- they don't bet on games.
1: No, I mean, I guarantee you some of that same stuff is going on, you know, um, and it's like, I mean, these guys who are keeping him out, they're trying to, you know, baseball is so pure. Give me a break. Yeah. Give me a break. Right. The athletes today compared it. To, there ain't a lot of guys right now in Major League Baseball that's laying it on the line every day. Mike Trout is probably one of those guys that leaves it out there, I think, uh, every time he steps on the diamond um, uh, Harper, uh, what is his name? Harper that plays, uh, I think he plays for the, uh, plays for LA. one of the California teams. Now he used to play for the Phillies, Bryce Harper. You know, he, he leaves it out there. Um, Mookie Betts, you know, those guys, there are some players today that do, but Pete Rose was a one of a kind and, uh, for baseball to just keep punishing this guy for something that happened. Well, we're talking maybe probably 20, 30 years ago.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and, it's not, and and it's not gonna do any good to give it to him posthumously. No, no, that, that and, would defeat the person. You may as well not ever give it to him. You right. know, the right. the man has done what he did while he's while he was active. He played his butt off every day. Yep. He gave it all he got while he was playing. Yep. He made one mistake, and then. Now they want to keep him out forever. Right. That makes right. no sense to me. Right. That's asinine.
1: Right. And, and I would not put it past the, the the sports writers and whoever makes the selection. You know, when when he does eventually leave this planet, at some point, someone say, hey, let's induct Pete into the hall. That's bullshit. In my opinion, it's you you. Come on. Give the guy what he has earned. Do not wait till he leaves this planet and then decide to reward him. That is B.S. Yep. So, uh, I, I, am I'm, I'm out here if they, if they want to vote, I'm voting for Pete, man. <laughs> so, <laughs> Me too, uh, brother. Charlie hustle was, he was the man at the time and, uh, give, give the guy what he's earned, man. If it's truly about what you've done on the field, the numbers you put up and the numbers he put up, they are concrete numbers. <laughs> you cannot say that this guy, well, he might've been on steroids. No, pure athletic talent. And hustle. That's how he earned what he earned. So mm-hmm. give the man his due. Give the man his due. It's long overdue.
0: Yep. Yep. You're right. You're right. So, all right. That's that's uh that's good conversation right there. We're gonna we're gonna go into the next next topic here. We're gonna segue into talking a little bit about the First Amendment. We're gonna talk a little bit about the power that big tech has, and if the government and or uh, the uh, Congress should uh, regulate big big tech or whatnot. Okay, so um, yeah, that's where we are. And I must I want to start this segment off, Wayne, with uh, sure. just a just a couple of statistics. All right, the top money makers that are the richest companies in the country. Are and I'm gonna go from number one. This is as of 2020. Number one is Microsoft 1.3 billion, number two is Apple 1.2 billion, Amazon 1.23 billion, uh, Alphabet which is 900 billion, uh, Facebook 583 billion. Alibaba, which is the um, Middle East version of Amazon. Uh, Tencent, Berkshire Hathaway, JP Morgan and Exxon Mobil. So the top six. Richest companies in the world are all tech companies. Now, here's the deal. Recently, the past president, I'll say it now, (laughs) has been kicked off of Twitter. He's been shamed on Facebook. Literally, he's been banned from most of the uh, platforms that, that are public forums, social, media, and so on. And of course, the people that that follow him, people that uh, see things his way, they feel that the tech giants are punishing them and or not giving their voices the proper respect that they should get, even though that's not really true. I think everybody's about the same, whether you're liberal, conservative or independent. They all share about the same from everything that I've read and so on. Okay, so here's the deal. The reason that people that are upset with with. um, With uh, Twitter and Facebook and so on is that they think they feel that their freedom of speech has been violated because you should be able to say and or do anything that they want. However, there's a problem. And here's the problem. Problem number one is that in the, the last 15 years or so, well, I'll take that back the last 20 years ago, Congress has passed something called section two thirty of the Communication Decency Act. And two hundred thirty basically protects. Facebook and Twitter and places like that from being liable from, you know, their users can post literally anything that they want. Okay. As far as content goes and so on. And so if they were the Washington post or the New York times or the courier journal or the news enterprise, and they would post unsavory or outlandish things that were literally just plain out lies, then they would face libel. But since Section 230 eliminates that from these tech companies, these tech companies literally control literally everything that goes on, in, and around those platforms. So you can have hate speech. You can have You can you can literally place your face in the middle of storming the Capitol building and there's nothing that they're going to do to say that they violated their platform because it's a private platform. Okay, now, of course, there are federal laws that say that, you know, you can't go in and steal the Speaker of the House uh, podium and get away with it. But as far as these tech companies, they've got it made. Okay, they can't be sued. They have no regulations over them because of Section 230. So the Proud Boys or the um, the black radicals or whomever can say kind of whatever they want. And these tech companies let them do it. And they don't they don't um, they don't regulate them. And Mark Zuckerberg, I mean, Mark Zuckerberg. (laughs) you know, he's only looking out for his own profits. I mean, he's one of these guys that uses everybody to make more money. So, should there, and the question is, should the government regulate big tech? My thoughts. Yeah. Um,
1: so, to clarify, so, Section 230, specifically says that no provider or user of an interactive computer service shall be treated as a publisher right. or speaker of right. any information provided by another information content provider. So basically, as you mentioned, um, these entities, Twitter, Facebook, that host or give people the option to republish um, speech, they have protection. And they cannot be held liable for what other people do. Yeah. And to me, it's like no. I mean, you can't allow people. In my opinion, you cannot allow people to say whatever they want, and that speech or the action that they took on your platform leads to what we saw on January the sixth. Yes. I mean that, that. I mean, we had an insurrection, an attempted coup. Because people, a lot of these people who were in that mob on January the 6th, they were on these platforms, hyping people up, saying that they were going to kill people, bring your weapons to the Capitol, all this stuff to incite violence. So if if you can't hold somebody accountable, I mean, you should you should be, you yourself, if you're the owner of the platform, you should have some type of standards. That you say that your platform is going to abide by so that the platform is available for everyone to use in a safe and, uh, I guess, a safe manner to where you don't have to worry about someone threatening people, bullying people. I mean, that's where a lot of the cyber bullying started from. Right. From a lot of these these platforms where kids were bullying other kids hiding behind these platforms and, you know, kids were committing suicide because they're being cyber bullied and whatnot. I mean, at some point, the people like Zuckerberg and the guy who owns Twitter, you've got to accept some responsibility. And to me, the loopholes in this act, it's no, it is not tough enough and it does nothing to hold them accountable from my opinion you you're just as responsible as those people who stormed the capitol you're responsible as well because you allowed people to utilize your platform to spread hate to incite violence and you know people would probably would have been killed if if certain people had not intervened and then what would you have said when people started like hey you allowed these people to say a b c d and you did nothing about it yeah. so it wasn't until the riot went down and, you know, the, that people had almost, you know, gotten close to killing the, 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 the former vice president, the, the speaker of the house was being threatened and whatnot. It wasn't until all that went place took place that they decided to shut down the Twitter account of the former, uh, the, the former occupant of 1650 <laughs> Avenue. Yeah. I mean, where was your conscience before this? Because there, there's a lot of stuff been said on Twitter, Facebook, and whatnot that has incited acts that were not civil. But you had no conscience about that because you're, all you care about is, is raking in the dough. You know, you have to accept some social responsibility and conduct yourself accordingly. And I would like to see the government treat them just like they do any other public utility. Regulate the hell out of it. Yeah.
0: And you know, they they get by by saying that we're going to self-regulate because they know that if they don't, then Congress is going to come in and regulate and then yep. they're going to they they're going to break that stuff up. I mean, a, a a corporation like Amazon, this is leading to something else. But Amazon is too damn big. <laughs> I mean, really, it 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 controls TV, it controls movies, it controls uh, radio, it con- it the Jeff Bezos. He owns the Washington Post, which, well, I mean, it's, it's a different entity, yeah. but also it has its own service. It has a AWS, you know, yeah. Amazon yeah. Web Service, which yeah. is a platform that people use use to get their Internet. Yeah. That's too big. And yeah. here's the thing. The um, big business people will say that the conservatives, the Republicans, are against any regulations of business. OK. And the reason for that is that these big businesses are throwing money into their pocket every two years when they get reelected or run for reelection or every four years when they run for president or every six years when they run for the Senate. And so they don't want to touch them, even though that the conservatives are pissed off thinking that they their words, their voices are being controlled by these platforms and they're not putting out any conservative voices. If you look at if you look at everything that they say, it's the liberal media that's always involved, even though that there are conservative Media outlets out there there are conservative platforms out there that people can go to and so these the mark zuckerbergs and and the owners of these huge corporations they said that they're gonna they're gonna self-regulate, but they never do you know so Twitter says, okay uh you're out current the the former occupant of sixteen hundred Pennsylvania avenue we're shutting yours down which is I thought was a good thing. But uh, Facebook, Zuckerberg says, "Oh, we're going to shut you down until the the next inauguration of of of, of Biden." They didn't say they're going to cut him off altogether. They just said they're going to shut him down for a while. So, he's going to come back. You know, YouTube is shutting down. Facebook is shutting down. Twitter is shutting down. Okay? So, it's time I feel it's time for them to start uh, breaking up these monopolies. Okay. The one thing that I, I always used to say, you know, one of my favorite presidents is Theodore Roosevelt. Okay. Theodore Roosevelt, to me, was America's greatest president from what he did. I mean, the man did everything. And the one thing that, and he was a Republican. The one thing that they, the Republicans, never bring up is Theodore Roosevelt. You ever hear of that? Nope,
1: never. They hardly ever bring. up. You no, know,
0: he's he's one of the people on Mount Rushmore. Yep. But they never bring up Theodore Roosevelt. You know why? No. Be- because he broke up monopolies. He broke up the Northern Securities Trust, the railroads in the Northeast that controlled everything. He broke them up. I mean, he broke up over forty-five trusts. Okay. He was in favor of the little man, the mom and pop store owners. Yeah the, yeah. the small railroads that operated in each state. Instead of having one railroad that took over all the states, you had several different railroad companies that were, you know, surviving in these, in these states. And he broke those big companies up in order to make it better for these mom and pops okay but you never hear about hear about him i mean he's the one that made america the the strongest navy in the world okay he's the one that he's the president that built the panama canal that saved us tons of money that allowed us to have one navy to go from the east coast to the west coast and so on uh the spanish-american war he served in that he's the first person to uh, set aside land for future generations like Yosemite or as the the past occupant would say Yosemite <laughs> yeah,
1: y- Yosemite or
0: whatever <laughs> Yos- he called Yos- it Yos- <laughs>
1: Yosemite okay. or whatever the hell.
0: Yeah, like, what yeah. the hell did he say <laughs> but see <laughs> those are the things that's what sh- these companies need to be is broken up Let's take, let's take Apple and break it up let's have a, a podcast part of it he's going to make more money when he sells it part off let's have the music part he's going to make they're going to make more money when they sell that off just like uh jeff Bezos, if they take uh amazon and take this the services the uh, a a what is it uh aws, AWS and, yeah. and create a different company he's going to sell Shares of stock into that, people gonna buy it, and hell, he's gonna make more money. Okay, so Facebook needs to be broken up. I mean, those those are my thoughts. I know I've been going on forever here, but uh, yeah, those are my thoughts on it. What about you, man? No,
1: No, it's um, yeah, I I agree wholeheartedly with you, man. Uh, The thing with Bezos is, I mean, you 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 can yeah, Bezos is pretty much cornered the market. He he he's he's got. He has a model that is like, I mean, how did this guy do this? Because when Amazon first started, they, what, they sold, uh, they sold books, I think, right? Yes. They started out, had an online bookstore thing. $5 a
0: share. Right, right. And
1: now they've morphed into this behemoth that pretty much, I mean, anything you want, you can get on Amazon. Yes. And a matter of fact, we were looking yesterday because I'm a big Walter Mosley fan. I got I got all of Walter Mosley's books. Okay. And Walter Mosley has a new book coming out February the second. And so um Barnes and Noble sent me an email last night saying, hey, pre-order Walter Mosley's new books coming out on February the second. And the price was 19 something, blah, blah, blah. I think it was 1980, my 90, something like that, right? So My wife said, well, let's see if Amazon's got it. Clicked on Amazon. Walter Mosley searched. The book came up. It was $12. (laughs) (laughs) It's $12. $6 cheaper than Barnes and Noble, who is a bookseller. So you can't compete with that, man. People can't compete with that. He's got his own distribution. He's got his own supplier. I mean, he has a conglomerate going here. Oh, yeah. You know, and it, it is. I mean, it's it's putting the little mom and pop places that are the fabric of a, of a lot of neighborhoods and communities. Those folks are, are dwindling. If they're not already gone, they're on life support because he is such a beast. Um, can he be broken up? I, I don't know. It's going to take somebody with some courage to initiate that.
0: It's going to take Congress.
1: It's going to take Congress. And, and do And do we have that kind of leadership? As we had uh, of our leaders, you know, like you said, Teddy Roosevelt. He, he, again, nobody. I, I rarely hear anybody mention Teddy Roosevelt. They mention FDR, but they don't yep. mention Teddy Roosevelt hardly yep. at all. But you, the leadership that was in the Congress when he was president, you know, do we have that anymore? Do we have that type of courage for somebody, senator, representative, to say, look, we're taking action against you because to make everything fair i think the economy the economy works better when there's opportunity for everybody if everybody's right. got a shot and everybody's providing a product and they're they're the lifeblood of that neighborhood or that community and they provide quality services that helps the economy man right you know you know yeah bezos is making a lot of money but
0: nobody else is right Nobody I mean, else. Just, just, just think of it. Just look what happened when they broke up Ma Bell. Yep. I mean, MCI, you know, was a startup company, and they said, "Hey, we can't even get in the market because they own the telephones, they own yep. the telephone lines, everything. They yep. own the. Fo- you couldn't, you couldn't buy a phone. You had to rent their phone.
1: You had to rent a phone. Yep.
0: Okay. You had to do all that, and then in 1980 they broke them up, and then suddenly look, look what's happened. Yep. How yep. it, how Breaking up the Bell Company in 1980 created, yep, yep. You know, Sprint, MCI, T-Mobile, Verizon, Verizon Boost, you know, all, all these, people. all of those. Yeah. That's yep. competition. Yeah. And so by doing that, you're going to create competition, and that's what needs to happen to these companies. They need yeah. to be broken up so that yeah. other people can compete, and yeah. that's going to bring prices down. Right. I mean you know, I remember when 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 Ralph was over in the Philippines doing Vietnam when he was when he was stationed there, was it Clark Air Force Base yep. is that in the Clark Philippines? Air, yep, Clark Air, Air Air Base. And uh he used to call home and we used to have to have have him just you know, you only get to call home like once a month. Right. <laughs> because the the long distance phone bill was gonna be eighty or ninety dollars. Yeah. Back in 1971, eighty or ninety dollars was a lot. Now the local phone phone bill was like two dollars for a month. Yeah. Okay. So by breaking up Ma Bell, you know, long distance rates dropped tremendously, and then of course you know the bell company said we got to make our money up somehow so they start raising up the local the local costs of everything but it did create competition and these other companies need to have competition brought up and and the the idea of them having free speech and all this you know taken away from them if they're regulated well guess what you can't go into a movie theater and yell fire all right because somebody's going to get trampled in there yep Okay, so if somebody's going to say that you know we want you to meet in Washington D.C. on January the sixth, so that we can overturn this election, you know, bad things can happen if people can use your platform to communicate, and then it goes crazy like it did on January the sixth. I mean, I I I feel that Congress needs to regulate them. However, you know, you got one part of the Congress. That says, no, we don't want to regulate them because they know that's where they're going to get their campaign finances from.
1: Absolutely. So, yeah, I think now is the time because, I mean, this what happened on January the 6th, man, this this is this is huge, man. This was a freaking insurrection against the U.S. government. And if these people don't have the conscience to look at this for what it was and realize, you know, we need to take action. I don't know. I don't know what it's going to take to move them. You know um, this this two thirty section two thirty man. It's 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 unique to the U.S. Yes, a lot of a lot of other countries, European countries, Canada, Japan, they don't have this type of foolishness. You know, and a lot of these providers that people can can utilize, you know, to spread their foolishness and whatnot. Where are they located? They're in the U.S. A lot of these people. You know, Japan, Canada, yeah, they have internet access. They've got quite quite high levels of internet access. But most of the prominent online services are based in the U.S. And it gives people a safe haven for all these websites that they want to spread all their controversial and political foolishness in an environment that's favorable to free speech. Right. You, You, you can't do, you can't, you could not do what happened. You couldn't utilize any platform in North Korea or Russia to start a coup against the freaking government. No, no. You, you know? got
0: your ass shot off if you right, tried right. it.
1: So at some point, I we, we need to look long and hard at this because um, it's only going to now that people know. And these people know. My thing is, where was your conscience before this? Because the previous occupant, he was spreading foolishness all the time. He was spreading <laughs> lies since day one. And they why didn't you shut his account down before now? Right. You know what, what? Why did why did it take this for you to say, oh, we need to ban this guy? He's been spreading lies for four years and you didn't have a conscience to do that. So there's something seriously wrong. And and I, I, I am down with you, man. Congress needs to look at all these uh, Internet platforms and say, look, Uh, We need to treat them just like we do the newspapers, the television stations, the radio stations. You know, there are certain things you can say on commercial radio. The same rule should apply. Any speech that incites, it's hateful, it's racist, whatever, you need to regulate that. And don't allow them to do it because we know what happens, as you said, when they say we're going to self-regulate ourselves. Nothing happens. Nothing happens. Yeah. So, yeah. I I agree with you, my friend. Totally agree with you.
0: And and one other thing, this is a kind of a side note to that, and that is, in the past week, the government, uh, the Senate has changed hands from the Democrat from the Republicans to the Democrats. Yep. And with that being said, you know our friend, our homie, uh, Moscow Mitch. You know he's he's wants to. allow uh, the filibuster to still be used. This archaic, old-ass, needs-to-be-gotten-rid-of filibuster that um, nobody wants to keep except the people that want to take advantage of that. Yeah, You know, the minority. And, you know, Moscow Mitch is literally two-faced. The the Greek had a god a Greek god by the name of Janus and it it was it has two faces. <laughs> one pe- one pointing forward, one pointing backwards. That's Moscow Mitch. He's two-faced. One minute he's saying that you're (laughs) gonna go one minute he's he's saying that the president incited the riot now he's saying that we don't need to do anything about getting rid of him and so he wants to keep he wants to keep the filibuster so that the minority this is a civil war thing the minority can have Control over the debate. So yeah. you need to have sixty. Uh, you have to have sixty senators to vote on something in the affirmative before it would outlast a filibuster. Yeah. And well, so, if I if I was Chuck Schumer, I would tell him to go to hell.
1: Well, I think I think Chuck Schumer pretty much said that. Said it ain't up for debate. <laughs> you yeah. Know? And Get it rid should of be. it, it shouldn't be. rid of it. It should not even be up for debate. And 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 here's the thing, man, it's and what's happening now, what you see, we we, we all knew this was going to happen. Yep. Now that they're no longer the majority in the Senate, they're crying and whining. And Mitch is leading the leading the charge. McCarthy, he's another one, man, that talks out of both sides of his neck. <laughs> you know, all the, they're they're whiners because now you're not in power. And so you knew this was coming. We all knew that, like, okay, what are they gonna do now? Well, now they want unity. We need to have peace. Biden said he was a he wanted unity. Look at what they're doing. They're gonna try the former president. Hell yeah, they're gonna try his ass. Well, yeah. You know, and, and if you can't stand up, if you can't stand up for the Constitution, then my, my question is, what are you doing there? What are you doing there if yeah. you cannot stand up for the Constitution that you swore that you would uphold and defend against all enemies, foreign and domestic? The people who ransacked the Capitol on January the 6th, they were domestic enemies of the Constitution. So what do you stand for? That That's what Schumer and Nancy Pelosi, like, what do you stand for? We need to know. When they take the role, what, what, what do you stand for? And to me, I think the Democrats, you, you, you need to put them on blast and let the American people see what these people truly stand for. That, that you can still defend the actions that was taking place because, well, you know, we, why don't he's out of office? It's, it's, we shouldn't worry about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, give me a break. That's
0: ass. That's stupid as well. It's
1: stupid as hell. But you know what? You and I both know. You and I both know. As if just like we're sitting in our chairs talking into these microphones, if this would Barack Obama, he they would have the trial before the inauguration, impeached and convict him before the inauguration. If the shoe was reversed, and they know that. Right. But now. I mean, to me, why are we
0: waiting till February the 8th? What are we waiting for? <laughs> well, I, I tell you what, I think wait until February the 8th, more shiggity is going to come out. And since the Democrats are in charge this time, they better have some damn witnesses.
1: Well, I think I think they will. OK. And, and I yeah, I think they've got enough witnesses now. They've got these people on tape because. Oh, yeah, you got them on now tape. How they got these people are like, well, hey, I, I was there because the president told me to come there. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, okay, they're pointing the finger at you. So we got tons of witnesses, got you on tape. Uh, so to me, you, you better stand up for what's right. All they need is what? They need 17 Republicans uh, to vote to convict. Uh, there better be 17 souls that say, you know what? I am going to support the Constitution, and this is what we need to do, because if you don't, I guarantee you people are going to remember. And when it comes time to vote, your people are going to vote your ass out because you would not stand for what's right. And we, we, if, if we hope to turn the corner on this last four years of foolishness, we got to get back to what made this country what it was. Live up to your creed, period. That's what you got to do. And all these people, I was listening to, uh, I don't know if you ever listened to Steve Schmidt. He's a- Oh amp. yeah,
0: he, he's my boy, right? Ah, he, I love he's something Steve, else.
1: Man. Love Steve Schmidt. So Steve Schmidt Steve Smith said, you know what? We need to beat these people into submission. That's what we need to do. We need to make them submit. And the way you make them submit, you gotta hold them up to the light and let people see that this person, this person, this person, they do not support the Constitution. So what are we gonna do about it? What are we gonna do about it? And that—that's how we're gonna turn the corner, man. At some point, we gotta live up to our creed. Period. So yeah, uh, yeah, they're—they're I, I, they're all like. Let's have unity and kumbaya and, uh, you know, no, 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 no. You can't get out of this now. Mm -hmm. You weren't hollering for unity four years prior when the previous occupant, he raised hell every day and you guys turned a blind eye to it. You weren't asking for unity then. So now it's like oh let's 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 love each other
0: yeah and 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 (laughs) lindsey graham lindsey graham i hate lindsey graham now well i never (laughs) really liked him anyway but what a what a backstabbing what a flip flopper what a puss yeah you know they almost killed his ass at the damn airport yep You know, he's saying, well, the president did this. And then the next day he comes back, the next Tuesday he comes back and he flies to Texas with the the past occupant of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. And now he's saying that, oh, my, you know, he's out of office and you should leave him alone and so on. Well, these things took place while he was in office. That's right. Just because he went out of office doesn't mean that we just quit. Well, that's it. I mean, you know, it's it's like,
1: well, let's sweep us under the rug. You know, he yeah, he he made a mistake, but come on now. No, and none of these people know, man. I mean, is this how you would treat your kids? Yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't allow your kids to get away with something that they've done that was egregious. You would not allow that from your kids. But these people accept this foolishness from grown ass men and women. <laughs> yeah. So I don't want to hear this. Let's have love and unity. And let's just, you know, he's out of office. Let's forget about that. No. And the Democrats better, they better do what they know they got to do. Convict this man so he cannot show his face anymore in public office. That's what they need to do. They need to shut him down. And once they do that, then they need to vote. If you can't run for public office anymore or whatnot, guess what? We taking away your protection. He's asking for secret service protection for grown ass men and women. Are you kidding
0: me? For his his kids.
1: You you know, his his kid, uh, the the little boy. Yeah, he's until you're a certain age, you get that. But your grown kids. Come on, man. (laughs) The American taxpayer ain't funding that. Yeah. So whatever action needs to be done. When Nancy takes that article over to the Senate uh, Tomorrow. They need to bring the whole weight of the legislative branch down on this guy and send a message that we the people, we're not gonna allow this to happen again. We are not gonna allow a sitting president to incite a coup against the United States of America. We're not gonna yeah. allow that.
0: Yeah. And not and it, that. and it and it goes back to this also, Wayne. You know, we're we're kind of got off track there. A little bit. But when it when it when it comes to Um, Section 230, well, the minority over there in the Senate, you know, they're going to say, well, we don't need to, we don't need to get rid of it because, you know, these guys are paying our bills. Yep. Okay. Okay. Now, some of them will want to get rid of it because they think that, you know, they're unfair. You know, the media is so liberal and so on. But uh, the other part is that, you know, all across the platform, liberal, independent, conservative, it's all about the same. It's it's no holds no holds bar. So you can yeah. do anything you want. You can say anything you want. There may be more conservatives in the in the country in the small towns and so on, and right. your big cities could be more liberal. Probably are more liberal. Yep. Okay. So, you know, in in the elections, you know, you go to Georgia and you go to a county and there's you know, a thousand people living in the County because it's mostly farmland, but you go to Atlanta and there's 2 million people living in Atlanta, you know? So they're afraid of controlling that. uh, They're afraid that they're controlling because of, they're going to lose, you know, big business since those, those other businesses cut, cut off the past occupant of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, They are are afraid of doing that. So, as you mentioned, now's the time to strike when the iron is hot. That's right. You know, if I was a Democrat, I'd get every damn thing I can out of these two years. Absolutely. And Democrats are too nice. Yep. They're too nice. Yep. Okay. And they need to stick it to Republicans, because Republicans always stick, stick it to Democrats. All you know, the time. Just, just All look at the time. Moscow Mitch, you know, you know, hold Supreme Court justices until the next president. And then right. the same thing happens. And then he goes, well, we're not going to do that. We're going to do this.
1: Right. Right. Man,
0: piss on him.
1: Right. Yeah, you 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 rush through uh, Amy Comey Barrett's uh, yes. hearing, and whatnot. But yet you can't hold a hearing to um, try the former president for uh, inciting a riot. You know, yeah. I, I, I these guys—they're hypocrites, man. Every one of them—they're hypocrites. All these people that now they they want love and togetherness, man. You're a hypocrite.
0: Yeah,
1: and it's and you've one, shown one... who
0: you are. There's been one consistent uh, person, and that's been Mitt Romney. Yes. Mitt I Romney, give, yeah. I give him props because he's been consistent. He's yeah. doing what is right. right. Not because the party is saying that this is what we should do. He right. knows the difference between right and wrong. I'll right. give him that.
1: Right. And and he's come on the record. that says, what happened? The president committed impeachable offenses. He has right. come on the record and said that. So, the seventeen Republicans that they need to vote, I think he will be one of them that will vote to convict this guy. Yeah. And and to me, it's that's the only answer to this. The yeah. only answer is to impeach and convict him, and get get rid of this guy, man. But to me, I think it's in your best interest. Yeah. It's in the Republicans' best interest. Yeah. You need to get rid of this guy. If you have any hopes of getting some resemblance of of decency back to your party, you need to get rid of this guy and the ilk that follows him. Yeah. So you do that, you impeach him, convict him and like, boom, we, we took care of that.
0: We took care of that. This is the prime time, the, yep. the, the ultimate chance to cut his legs out. From underneath him. He lost Twitter. There's nobody that's listening to him because they cut him out. (laughs) Now you can just cut his ass off.
1: Cut him down, man, as they say.
0: You will breathe much easier not knowing that, you know, somebody will our constituents and our where we go back to run for. If you're afraid of them, if, if everybody cuts him off, they'll get used to it.
1: My thing is you ain't got got nothing to be afraid of now because he can't tweet at you and call you a name and do it. He can't do nothing to you. So as they say, grow a pair and do what you know to be right (laughs) and follow the example that Mitt Romney has set and said, you know, yeah, what, what he did is an impeachable offense and convict him in the Senate. That's it. And you're, you're, you, man, you'll sleep good at night.
0: Yes. Yeah, they may even have they may even have a dream and not a nightmare. That's
1: right. That's right.
0: That's right. Just That'd saying. Right. <laughs> Just saying. So. All right. All right. Well, I tell you what, we've had some spirited conversations <laughs> like we normally do. Uh, we didn't get off track too much, but uh, uh, you know, it happens. That's that's what we do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know. And um, we're going to we're going to continue to, to uh, move forward. I say that all the time. I even say that when I talk to the school board, we're going to we're going to continue to move forward. Uh, we're going to we're going to say it like we see it. And we're going to continue to um, hopefully, you know, we're not doing this because um, we're trying to get the most hits and likes and all that kind of stuff. That That's not our purpose. Uh, our purpose is to have a conversation between two friends that grew up, graduated to high, graduated high school with and have gotten reconnected. And we just want to share our thoughts with uh, people that are out there.
1: That is it, man. In a nutshell, that's it. So we're here. We're not going nowhere. I think we're coming up on our uh, what 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 are we up to now? We're on our third year, third year. Yeah, we're in our third year third year yes and so uh hopefully there's gonna be more years to come and uh you know we're we're glad to be able to share these airwaves and express our opinions like you say we're just two guys from small town america so if you like us hit us up and we'd love to have you come on hit us up on our facebook page send us uh you know give us a call whatnot i mean let us know you're out there and if you're interested in being a guest (laughs) We will love to have you come on and be a guest. And, hey, we're an equal opportunity podcast. so Yes, yes. yes, We are here and we ain't going nowhere. No No time soon. No
0: time (laughs) soon, brother. All right. With that being said, I am Steve and I'm going to say Chiliamo Dopo.
1: And I am Wayne. And in the words of the great King T'Challa,
0: Wakanda Forever.